Hi, this is Pastor JC. I want to thank you for listening to today's podcast here at Faith Outreach Church. We want to invite you anytime you're in the area to come by and visit us at 3001 Wallace Avenue here in Terre Haute, Indiana. Sit back and enjoy today's message. Praise the Lord. Let's go over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. We're going to continue what we were talking about last week. We got off and on the subject, and we're going to be uh, um, uh, continue talking about that sanctification. And you're going to find out it's going to be running parallel with this glorious church. As we go stu- uh, start uh, going on the glorious church, you're going to see that there's a lot of things that we're talking about here apply to the glorious church. So let's start here in Philippians 2.12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Where do you think God's watching the most? In the pre- uh, when you're uh, in front of everyone or when you're by yourself? That's when it counts, amen? He's looking at your integrity. He says, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, you know, we've we talked about this, that you know, there are those who think that we're working for our salvation, working for, uh, you know, God's favor, working for uh, his approval. But this is not what that says. It says that work, work out your own salvation. Notice it's talking about something you possess, Something that belongs to you, not something that you're trying to possess and, and get hold of. There's a big difference, a big difference. And, uh, and so he says, we're going to work out our own salvation. So immediately that tells me that you and I, we're going to be responsible for something. Amen. We have something we have that we're responsible to do. And it's a work out our salvation that, that has been given to us. He said, with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So we see two works. We see the work that you're responsible to, and then we see the work of God. We see his work, what he's doing. Amen. Uh, the, his work... Whenever you're, when you're talking about his work, his calling, uh, what he initiated, that's always the grace side. That's always grace. Uh, the, he did it all. He didn't need to have a committee. He didn't need to have a vote on it uh, or anything. It was all his idea, all his doing. Amen. And you and, you and I have nothing to do in that part. We, we, we would do good to keep our hands out of it. And keep our nose out of it, actually. Amen. And just accept what he's done, accept what he's given, and, and let it be at that. Praise the Lord. So, he says here, it is God which worketh in you. Notice, it's in, he's working in us, but now he's telling us, you've got to work something out. So, the things he's worked in us, it's up to us to get it out. Amen. Got to get it out of you. I like what Philippians, the New Living says. He says, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I like that. You know, we're trying always, you know, 
get, make sure we get God's desire. Well, he's, he's working in us that desire. So the only thing really that you're going to need to do to get a hold, to get a hold of that desire and get a hold of that power is spend time with him. Spend time in prayer. The, the more that you'll do that, the more those things will become evident in your life. You'll be able to discern that. Hallelujah. Amen. But he says, God's in you and he's uh, working in you the desires and the power to do what pleases him. Amen. Okay, so we're talking about the works the work that God did in us, and then the work that we're supposed to do. So we're spending a lot of time on the part of God's part. Uh, so that gets established in us. So that we understand without a shadow of doubt that we don't have to do anything on that end. But, there, but we are going to move over, probably, maybe not tonight, but we are going to move over into our part. Why it's so, it's so important. And now I said this last week. And, you know, again... This is, you know, I, I'm not going to be argumentative with anyone about it, but this is the way I see sanctification. I see there's two works of sanctification. You know, there's some that are, talk, some talk about that there's only one and, and you know, you go, you go through it and you're completed. You went through the sanctification and so forth. There, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways it's preached and taught, but I believe there's two works. The one that's worked in you what God did, and then the one you and I have to walk out, all right? And I'm going to show you in the Word both ways of that. And so when we're looking in there tonight, what God did, see, this is something that's already completed. Remember, if God did it, then we don't have to do it, all right? And, the, and He's done some things that it's just it's settled. It's, it's just the way it is. And it's up to us to find out what he's done and then to, to, then to live that and to walk that out by faith. So go, um, go with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians 1.30. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say, I've been sanctified. Been sanctified. <laughs> Amen. You know, some of these things, some of these terminologies, we don't even hardly say anymore. We don't even speak them, but they're still truths. They really are. And if you get revelation on them, they'll bless your life. It'll, it'll change your life. All of these things that Christ did in us, God did in us, are there to better us and to equip us in what God called us to do. <clears throat> okay, 1 Corinthians 1.30 he says, but of him are you in Christ Jesus. Now, when you, again, you can never leave these verses, leave the in Christ out of it. If we don't have in Christ, none of this works. It doesn't. And so, you know, we're, it's not that we're special in, in and of ourselves. It's because we're in him. So, he, and, and the scriptures always bring that out. Reminds you, listen, this is what God did in you. You didn't do it. But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. There's the grace. So this is the grace uh, side of it. He made unto you wisdom. He made unto you righteousness. He made unto you sanctification. And he made unto you redemption. 
Now, we're pretty much, right now, the body of Christ is pretty much uh, established in the righteousness. That, you know, we don't, you know, I don't hear people in here say it any longer that, well, I'm an old sinner saved by grace. No, we're not an old sinner. If you're an old sinner or a new sinner, you still got to get saved. <laughs> All right? You got to get out of that mode. Yeah. Amen. No, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And, I, you know, we've, we've got that to a certain extent in believing that, that, you know, listen, I'm not a sinner no more. Uh, I'm not. I'm not that unbeliever anymore. I'm righteous now. Okay. Well, see, that was something that God provided for us through Christ. That's a position. It's a place in God that we now we're in right standing with Him. You didn't do anything to deserve that or get that. You got in Him. You accepted Jesus Christ, and positionally, you're now in right standing. Do you see that? So you can you can improve on it. You can't get good, good enough to improve on that. And the good news is that you can't get bad enough to, to, to uh, unlodge it. All right? No, it, that was his doing. I know people don't like that last part saying it because it feels like, well, you're just giving people a license to sin. Well, like Brother Hagin said, used to say, they don't need a license to sin. They'll go ahead and sin anyways. Amen. People don't need a license. If they're going to sin, they're going to sin. But for us who want to please God and serve God, you know, this is who we are now. We're the righteousness of God in Christ. Say it. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay. So that was something that was immediately done when you come in. Well, the same way with sanctification here. He's talking about things that he did. All right, he made unto us wisdom. Notice we didn't, we didn't get it, he made it to us. He made unto us redemption. We, again, we didn't have anything to, 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 or anything to you know, add to it or contribute to it. He just made it unto us. The same way with righteousness. Well, it's the same way with sanctification. This verse, when he's talking about sanctification, he's talking about what he did in us. He sanctified us, all right? Now, you know, again, you just got to know the terminology. You got to know when it's, how it's being uh, in the scriptures, read before and after, because you just have to see where the way it's being written, because there's other places we're going to look at. You're going to see it's not completed yet. Okay, but that's not talking about the work of Christ. It's not talking about what God did. It's talking about you and I living a sanctified life. All right, everyone here? All right. So he says, um, you in Christ Jesus, who God made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So if someone says, are you been sanctified? You can say, absolutely, praise the Lord, I'm sanctified. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah. amen. And, and if someone says, well, you're not sanctified, well, you say, beg your pardon, I am sanctified. Well, I've seen, the way you, seen what you just did. Well, I don't matter, I'm still sanctified. It wasn't by what I did or didn't do, it was by what God did. Now, here's the word sanctification. The word sanctification, and I just looked it up, you know, looking up the Greek and stuff. It says it's a purifier. Sanctification was a purifier. 
And now there's another thing you're going to see. Sanctification and holy go together all the time. Holy. And, and it means to make holy. So when he made unto us sanctification, we're going to see he made you holy. Praise the Lord. He's not making you holy. He made you holy. He completed the work. Amen. And then it also means separation. Separation. A separation, and I said it this way, a separation from sin, a separation unto God. Okay? Now, <clears throat> the, word, the scripture in Colossians 1.13, to me, this is the work of sanctification right here. It doesn't, it doesn't spell out sanctification, but once you start understanding how this is working, you'll see it. It said, Colossians 1.13, it says, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? Well, we know when we got saved, we, we changed kingdoms. Right? Yeah. We come out of one and came into the other. Hallelujah! We need to be reminded of that often. Amen. Amen. We're not under that old uh, Ad Adamic kingdom. We're under a new kingdom, the kingdom of Christ, kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. And so, notice he separated us out from under the darkness, under the power of darkness, under Satan. And then he brought us in to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So there's, he sanctified you. Sanctification. Brought you out, separated you, and brought you out to him. All right. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Say it's good to be sanctified. Good to be sanctified. Amen. It'd just be a good word to start using a lot again. Start talking about. Even, uh, even to tweak other people's interests when you're talking to other Christians, you know. And, and just, I always like to do it just to see what they think. <laughs> I always like to, especially just to say, you know, I'm holy. <laughs> <laughs> right there, they don't think you are because you're bragging, boasting, you know. 1 Corinthians 1, 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified. Now, we talked a little bit Sunday about this. Corinth, Corinth was, had a lot of ungodly and unholy things going on in that church. It was it was mess. It really was. There was just a lot of sinning going on in that church. But when Paul addressed that church, notice what he said. He said, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, called a church of God, to them that are sanctified in Christ. He was reminding them and telling them, you guys are sanctified. The ones who are sinning, the ones, you, you know, are in all these different relations and all doing all this stuff. I'm, he says, I'm calling you, I'm talking to the sanctified ones in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Uh, the, um, some, most of the translations will say, the, when it says saints, it will say the, the holy people of God. You, the holy people of God. See, the, the Catholics have made saint like it's a pedestal that, you know, 
you have to be voted on and put up to after you're, you're dead. But the truth of it be, if you're not a saint, when you die, you ain't never going to be one. It doesn't matter what is, you know, attributed to what you may have done or they say you did. No, when you get born again, you are a saint. Amen. You are a saint right now. Amen. St. Kenny. That's not, I, I've never heard of St. Kenny in the Bible. Now there is a St. James, a St. Mark, St. <laughs> <Saint> Paul. <laughs> but we're saints. We're all saints. What does that mean? Holy people of God. That's what we are. Hallelujah. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't shy away from it or, you know, no, you know, I'm, that's not me. Yeah, it is you. It is you. Praise the Lord. So he says, <clears throat> to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, Lord, both theirs and ours. Amen. <clears throat> now, what, what you've got to realize is this. The work that we're talking about was done in your spirit, man. Not in your flesh. All right? And really, it's not even in your soul. Because we're, to, you and I are given responsibility to take care of our soul, to get our minds renewed, and we're told to keep under our flesh or keep under our bodies. But your spirit man has been sanctified, he's holy, he's brand new in Christ Jesus. He is righteous, glory, he is perfect in all ways in Christ. Your spirit. Amen. You, listen, you are the holy temple of God or else the Holy Spirit could not live in you. Other, he would have to be, he, he would have to be uh, leaving and going all the time with us. <laughs> yeah, moving in and out. If we, do, you know, do something wrong, no. See, he lives in a holy man and woman of God. We are holy in our spirits. Praise the Lord. I got some other things on that. It's going to be good. But, um, hallelujah. Lord, where was I going to go with this? Oh, I know. Um, real quickly, though, go, let me go over to Galatians. I want to just say something real quick. Um, just a little side journey here. In Galatians chapter 6, and just give you some thought. It says, brethren or sistren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest ye also be tempted, bearing ye one another's burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And so when one of us is overtaken in a, uh, in a fault, we stumble, we fall, we get out of fellowship or whatever, then it says you that are spiritual need to go restore them. We need to go restore them. Well, you know, it's been my experience over the, over the years to, to restore someone. You can't go into the, you can't go into the um, counseling session or however you want to say it and trying to, to uh, rehash all the fault and everything they did. 
that does, that's not helping. I mean, I can't go in there and Alexander, you know, he does something. I'm going there. I thought you were a Christian, Alexander. Marion told me you were. <laughs> See, you, the, what we're doing, we're judging everything hourly that is done and questioning what Christ did. You're questioning it. You're not, you're not seeing it. You're not seeing beyond the flesh. And really to restore someone, we have, to, we have to be able to see beyond that and see in Christ what's been accomplished. And see, this is what Paul is doing all the time. Because, you know, like I said, the Corinth church was really a, a messy a situation. A lot of things going on. They had a move of God there. They had a lot of good, good things going on. But they had a lot of, you know, bad things going on in there too. And it was just because they just came out of the world. They just got saved, you know, and they still, they still don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They just, they just accepted Christ, and that was pretty much it. And so, you know, they're still working this out. And, uh, and so he goes in to, instead of just correcting them and telling them, well, you need to stop this, why are you doing this, and, you know, all the fault-finding, upbraiding them. And so he doesn't do that. He keeps going in there and, re and telling them who they are now. What's happened? You've been, you, you're no longer under the kingdom of darkness. You're no longer a sinner. See, some Christians need to be reminded of that. Not to, not to demean them, but to help them come back up because the devil's telling them they are. He's telling them, well, you, you, there's no way you could be a Christian after you've done that or said that. All right? He's beat, you know, he's the one who tempted them, got him in that mess, and then he's on the other side telling them, well, now look at you. you. There's no way you can be a Christian. You can't be saved. How could you be saved and, and, and say and do something like that? Are you here? Yeah. yeah. And so you can't go, so you can't go into that situation unless you realize and understand that who they are in Christ, that that didn't affect that person. And see, you need to remind them and take them back to the scriptures and remind them of who they are. You've been sanctified. You're no longer a sinner. Don't, you know, you're righteous. You're holy. And, and helping them get above this. Helping them get over, over this and not, get, and not stay underneath it. Can you see that? He said, they that are spiritual. Well, I evidently, if we go in there to whip them and condemn them and trying to get them to, you know, do penance and so forth, then that's just, show, that's just showing our degree where we're at. We're not spiritual. And there's a whole lot of non-spiritual Christians that don't understand that. Because they're always working on the work in, the work side. They're always judging you by what's happening and whether you're having a good day or not, whether you, you know, what you're saying, what you're doing, and determining where your outcome is as a Christian is. That day you were saved, this day you're not. All right? So what he did to us, he did spiritually. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, um, 9 through 11. Everybody following? All right. You say, when are you going to get to talking about the living right? Don't worry, we'll get there. 
But you get this part down, the other part's easier. It's a lot easier. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Know ye not that unrighteousness, unrighteous, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, um, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, or nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkard, drunkards, nor uh, revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Can you put the Amplified up on that part, 9 and 10? Just so that we'll, you'll see some things here. Know ye not that the unrighteous and the wrongdoers will not inherit, have any share in the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, misled, neither the impure and the immoral, nor idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor those who participate in homosexuality, nor cheats, swindlers and thieves, nor greedy graspers, nor drunkards, nor foul mouth, revelers and slanderers, nor extortioners and robbers will inherit or have any share in the kingdom of God. I think that's pretty plain, don't you? Yeah, so we don't have to expound on any of it. I just wanted you to see that, that you know, all the translations uh, are pretty uh, descriptive. Now, now notice verse 11, King James again. And such, and such were some of you. Now, remember, there's still some of this stuff going on in the church. All right, all this stuff. He, he's going over all this, and he says, listen, this is what you came out of. All right, don't you know that people that do these things, they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God? He said, this is who you were. But he says, now you are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, now immediately what the, where they're at, they're still involved in some of this stuff. And, he was, and so when he's talking about that, he's talking about the unbeliever, he's talking about the sinner. And you could say, and I wrote this down, I like this. You are, he, you could have said it this way. You are not a sinner anymore, come out of sin. Think about it. So he's talking to the Corinth church, the saints, the holy people of God, the, the sanctified, and he would, and, and in a nutshell, he could have said this way. You guys are not a sinner no more, so come out of the sin. Because you know those sinners are going not to inherit the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? So, so, so listen, what, what's happening? I mean, when, you, when we read that, we just, this is what really screws us up because we're reading that and then we're thinking of people who profess to be Christians that are involved or doing this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, we're judging the fact they can't be saved, they can't be born again because the Bible says they're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. All right, but that's not what's going on here. He's reminding them, you used to be in that bunch. 
You used to be good sinners. You used to be ungodly. You used to be unholy. But you have been blood washed. You have been justified now. You are sanctified. You're no longer in that group any longer. So stop your sinning. Come out. Come out. That's not you anymore. All right? It's not, don't take this as a blanket statement and just say, well, if, they're in, if someone's involved in that, that just tells me right there that they're not saved. No, that's not true. Because we showed you over in, in, in 1 Corinthians 3 where he's talking to them and he is saying, listen, I've got some things I want to give to you. I want to feed you with meat, but I can't. I've got to feed you with milk. And he says, you're not able to, to hear it, receive it now because you're just like, you're carnal and you're like mere man. That word carnal means you're meatheads. <laughs> Archie Bunker used to talk, say that way. You're a meathead. <laughs> so that's what he's saying. He's saying, you're meatheads. You're acting like the world. You're acting like the unsaved. But, he says, but they're not unsaved. They're not unsaved. But what is he doing? He's bringing them back to the reality of who they are in Christ. See, that's what we have to do to be spiritual, to restore someone. You've got to, you've got to always have that in the back of your mind. I mean, you, 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 if you're going to go in there and condemn and, and you're going to go in there and try to get them to, you know, uh, feel sorry for what they did, you're going in with the wrong motive. That's not going to work. You can make someone feel guilty and shame. You don't have to. The devil already's done that. That's, we're trying to get that off of them. We're trying to get that off of them so they can get back to God. Get back in fellowship with God. Are you here? Amen. So <clears throat> he says that to them, and he says, verse 11, he says, such were some of you. Okay, you were in this, but now, let me tell you, let me remind you, you've been washed by the blood. You are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what, that's what we need to hear. Amen. I don't, I don't need to mess up and Jesse tell me, well, you know, start telling me why I'm not such a good Christian. I need her to t tell me, you need to tell me that I am sanctified and justified and washed in the blood and not trying to make me feel guilty. <laughs> well, how come I always have to say, are you still mad? <laughs> What else I got to do? <laughs> that goes both ways. It goes both ways. Okay, Acts chapter 26. Doesn't it seem like this is the hardest thing to walk with one another when you, your mates and your close relatives and everybody who knows you the, the best? Well, truth, truth, though. Acts 26, 18. Uh, Paul was talking about his vision. He said, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light. This was his, his calling to the Gentiles. And from the power of Satan unto God, 
that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. Hallelujah. How do you get sanctified? By faith. By faith. Glory to God. When I came in Christ, by faith, I got sanctified. What does that mean? I've been set apart. Set apart unto him. I've been brought out of the kingdom of darkness. I'm holy now. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now, I think we've got that settled. Now, let me look at, let's look up the word saints a minute. Saints. The word saints means, uh, it means sacred, pure, blameless, holy one, holy thing. Hallelujah. So Becky's a holy thing. Saints. Huh? Sacred, pure, blameless, JC, holy one, holy thing. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. That, <laughs> that sarcastic, huh? Ephesians 1, 1 says this, the saints that be at Ephesus. Philippians 1, 1 says this, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, we are at with, um, which are at Philippi. And Colossians 1, 2 says, to the saints and faithful brothers, uh, which are at Colossae. So there again, he's talking about to the Christians, to the believers there, he calls them saints. And so what are we calling them? We're saying they're the, they're the people of God. They're the holy ones. They're, they're sacred. They're pure. They're blameless. So that's who we are. We're the saints. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. Um, 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16. The Bible says we're holy. Which goes right along with sanctification, goes right along with being called a saint. <clears throat> it says, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So why are we holy? Well, because he's holy. He made us holy. He made us pure. Now, here's, now here's, I want to uh, just go quickly over this and just get you to think about something. But in the Old Testament, God made uh, people holy there too. So because we have, it seems like we have a hard time today seeing ourselves being holy or thinking of ourselves being holy. Um, and, uh, but that was not something that, you know, was brand new. We see it in the Old Testament. Uh, God was making people holy back then. And so if he can do it under the Old Covenant, surely we can do it under the New Covenant. We can be God's holy people. So uh, uh, Leviticus 20, 7 through 8 says, God told the Israelites, he says, Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy. For I am the Lord your God. 
Well, it's interesting. He was telling them to sanctify themselves, but he sanctified us. So there was some things they had to do uh, there, what he was asking of them. And he says, now be ye holy, for I am your Lord your God, and you shall keep my statutes and do them, and I am the Lord which sanctify you. So here we see that God's calling the people of Israel his, his uh, chosen ones. They're his. He says, you are now going to be mine. So what makes it holy? God made him holy. God's choosing. So you see grace right there. Uh, happening. You say, well, why did he choose him? Well, because he wanted to. It was his choice, not ours. Amen. There was reasons why, but uh, basically it's because he chose. Deuteronomy 7, 6 says, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord your God. The Lord your God hath chosen you, notice that, chosen you, to be a special people unto himself. Can you think of there's any scriptures that are, that are similar to that in uh, the New Testament? Maybe we're a peculiar people, chosen, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Okay? So see, if, it, if God could do it under the old covenant, well, why in the world can he, why can't this be true under the new covenant? For you are a holy people unto the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. So he's called, a, so when he made us holy, he called us to be a special people. Amen. We're, we are a special people. Every saint of God is a special person. Not ordinary. Amen. Deuteronomy 14.2. For you are a holy people unto the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you, there's that word chosen again, chosen you to be a peculiar people unto himself above all the nations that are upon the earth. Deuteronomy 14, 21. You shall not eat anything that uh, dieth of itself. Thou shalt give it to the stranger that is in the gates. Did you hear that, Mark? No roadkill. Uh, that he may eat it, or thou mayest sell it unto an alien. <laughs> there you go. All right. For, for you are a holy people unto the Lord your God. Thou shalt not seeth a kid in his mother's milk. All right. Well, anyways, we're holy. <laughs> so there's some things you're not supposed to do. No roadkill. But you can sell it to an alien. <laughs> Deuteronomy 26.19 And to make you high above all nations, which he hath made in praise and in name and in honor, and that thou mayest be a holy people unto the Lord your God, as he has spoken. Hallelujah. That. I know that, again, remember, this is Old Testament, but there's a lot of similarity to what he has done to us in the New Testament. And again, you know, we just, we don't think of ourselves this way. We don't see ourselves as a special people. We don't see that God has honored us. He did honor you. 
When you came in Christ, he honored you so much that he raised you up and seated you in heavenly places. Remember? Put you in a heavenly dignity. Amen. That's a, that's a, that's a uh, bestowing honor on a person. And that's what he's done with us. Um, Deuteronomy 28.9 The Lord shall establish you a holy people unto himself as he has sworn unto you. If thou shalt keep, your, keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So there was conditions for, set forth for them. But, it, but God chose this group of people, and when he chose them, then that made them holy. You know, we say, how did the mountain become holy that Moses came up on? What made that a holy mountain at that time? God did. He just, he just came on it, and he says, this mountain has been separated unto me. Take off your shoes, because this is a holy place. So what makes things holy? God chooses I mean, even in communion, that's a holy time. Because God chose communion for us to, to do, the Lord's Supper. So it's, con it's considered holy. Anything that God puts his hand on or chooses is holy. A family is holy in God's eyes. Because God has ordained the family. A church is holy because God has ordained the church. Anything that he puts his fingerprint on becomes holy. And he's put his, pr his print on us and elevated us. Are you here? All right. So let me just, let me end with this. I got a few things just to think about here <clears throat> about sanctification and um, trying to live a sanctified life without Christ will just lift you up in pride. Because there's a lot of people trying to do that. People that are not born again. People that are unsaved, religious. They're very religious, but they've never had, they've never had the experience of the new birth. You know, there's a lot of people going to church that are unsaved and on role, membership roles and so on. And, you know, and they're, and they're doing everything outwardly. But they've never accepted or had that relationship yet uh, as asking Jesus into their heart. And they think that they are saved. Those are some of the hardest people to reach. Amen. It's easy to, you know, when you got a ranked sinner, they know they're, you know, they know where they're at. But boy, when you start talking to religious people, uh, that can be very difficult. Are you here? Um, you hear this very often. Basically, the world will sometimes look at the church. They'll look at us, and their, their response will be, well, I live a good, just as good a life as you do. I live, you know, yeah, I, there's, I've seen Christians, and I live better lives than they do. And, you know, the fact of it is there's truth to it, a lot of merit to it. They are. But here's the thing. You can't, you, a sinner cannot separate himself from sin. Let me say it again. A sinner cannot separate himself from sin. It doesn't matter how good he tries to be. 
There's only one person that can separate you from sin, and that's Jesus Christ. So, uh, so we've got our eyes on the wrong thing again. Because we're judging by the works, whether one is righteous and sanctified. Now, I'm not, and I'm not discrediting or discounting the fact that we should live, we, we need to live good lives, sanctified lives. But the fact of it is, when people are judging, you know, the church and saying, well, you know, we, I live a better life. Well, that's true, you may be, but you're still in sin. Well, I, I'm not, I don't do anything wrong. I don't, you know, I don't go out, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't go out with, you know, those who do. So, why, why would I, why do I need anything? Well, because again, you're in sin. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is a, the, the, the way to get free from sin is Jesus Christ. You have to be sanctified by Christ. You have to be brought out. Are you here? I, I'm telling you, you know, that, that's a, a religious bondage that people get into. And really, it, it really takes the, takes the faith and the power of God to break that sometimes over people. Prayer. Um, so religion is the biggest advocate of works. And what I, what I mean by that is, um, they'll say, well, you're, you're going to hell because you did this. Really? They're going to hell because they did this. Seriously? That's not our, what the Bible says. It doesn't matter. You name the, the grossest, the most you know, uh, biggest wrong or whatever, the, the Bible says that's not why anyone goes to hell. The reason why we would ever end up in hell is John 16, 9 says because of sin, and that sin is because they believe not on Jesus Christ. Now, you know, we're not... We're not uh, excusing away any kind of wrongdoing... But the truth of it is, the reason why the wrongdoing comes forth is because of the sin nature. That's, that's it. And he said, and remember, Galatians says this, when you're restoring someone, he says, you need to remember because it could be you. It really could. It is only by the grace and mercy of God that, that it's not. Amen. Usually about the time you think you're walking, you know, walking above everyone's about the time you get knocked down. So, again, going back to this works deal, um, you know, you, the, we don't, religion is all about works. It's all about your performance. It's all about how do you carry yourself. It's all about this. And then that's, then that's how they're judging your spirituality. But that, that's not the way God judges it. Amen. He judges it all through, through the blood of Jesus. That's what, he, that's what he judges. Does the other matter? The other matters greatly. It really does. And I'm going to show you that uh, in the coming weeks. 
it, it really matters a lot. And, but it, it all matters down here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Are you sanctified? Yeah. Glory to God. How'd you get there? By the blood of Jesus. By calling upon him. Now, so that's what God's working on the inside of you. Now you got to work out your sanctification. Work it out. Walk it out. Live it out. Amen. Praise God. But it's easy to stay in that. It's easy to stay in that lane of it when you know that you already are sanctified. You're not trying to prove it. You don't have to prove it to anyone. Praise God. And when you mess up, you just get right back in there. Well, glory to God. Yep, misstep there, but that's all right. Didn't change it. I'm still sanctified. Hallelujah. 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 That's when you 